I have a tall order um, this morning, and it is, I have 10 minutes to convince you that you should love Leviticus. And it may actually help that it's only 10 minutes long. <laughs> Some of you are probably like, well, if the Leviticus sermons are 10 minutes, maybe I can hang with that. Um, no, they won't be this. It'll just be just this one. Um, but, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Leviticus is the third book in uh, the Bible. You got Genesis, Exodus, which we went over uh, last semester or last year. And then you have Leviticus. Genesis is an awesome book. It talks about how God created the world and started Abraham and the family of, of God and uh, Exodus is really great. Everybody knows the Ten Commandments, and Moses splits the Red Sea, and they go through, and it's great. There's lots of movies about it. Nobody's ever made a movie about Leviticus, because it's boring, and it's weird. Uh, just to give you just a few um, reminders of some of the stuff that's in Leviticus, uh, you get different places where they got, you got rules on sacrifices, rules on how to do festivals, rules on uh, what the priest is supposed to wear, and it all seems very, very irrelevant. Um, a couple of my favorite things are you're not allowed to mate two different animals of two different kinds. Um, you're not allowed to use two different kinds of seed uh, in the same field. Uh, whenever Aaron, whenever you're anointing a new priest, you're supposed to take some blood and put it on their right ear, uh, their right thumb, and their right big toe. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, you can, uh, there's also a lot of helpful information about what to do about uh, defiling mold in your home, uh, what you're supposed to do about that, um, and all sorts of very helpful information about all kinds of rashes, discharges, and secretions. Okay, so if you have any of those, like, like Luke said, don't we want everybody to come to Leviticus, so it's not just the people coming with the rashes and secretions, and so we know who has those. Uh, I swear that'll be the last time I use the word secretions today. Uh, so, um, they didn't put a timer up for me, so you guys, I don't know how long this will be. Uh, so, reason number one that I think that uh, you should love Leviticus is, first off, Leviticus illuminates much of the rest of the Bible for us. Uh, and here's what I mean by that. Um, Jordan Peterson said that, is there any Jordan Peterson podcasters out there? It's kind of like a cult. Uh, okay, cool. Do you guys have like a weird Jordan, Jordan Peterson handshake or a sign that you do? No? Yeah, he said yes. Okay. Uh, so Jordan Peterson said uh, that the Bible is the very first uh, hyperlinked uh, book that was ever written. And what he means by that is the Bible references itself over and over and over and over again. Um, all of the Bible is coming back and talking about and making reference to things that the Bible said previously. And a lot of the things that the Bible says that we um, often don't understand, or we go buy something in the Bible and we think, oh, that was weird, I wonder why that was there. And then you just flip to the next page and just forget about it. Uh, a lot of those things you'll find... Um, are actually there to point you back to Leviticus. And if you knew Leviticus, and not just Leviticus, but the law in general and Deuteronomy and all these things, uh, it would help you understand better some of these things that you might just miss. Um, more importantly, um, it might help you understand even deeper things that you think you already understand. Um, and so Leviticus is a really cool book for that. Um, just a few examples of that, you know, um, I mentioned a few of these already. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago I preached on um, uh, 
on Eli's wicked sons. Uh, he's, he's the priest, and their sons were, were very bad people. And it, it goes through, and it says, and then uh, Eli's sons, they would take the meat pot where they were uh, offering the sacrifice, and they would stick a fork in it, and they would bring it out, and they would eat the meat from the pot. You know, and everybody goes, gasp. Uh, well, you would only gasp if you knew Leviticus. If you didn't know Leviticus, uh, then you wouldn't know that the priests were only supposed to offer, you know, certain parts of uh, this offering uh, to God, and, you know, they had their portions that they were allowed to eat, and if they ate the fat portions that were offered up to God, then they were to be cast out, and they were to be cut off from their people. Uh, But if you didn't know Leviticus, you didn't know the law, you know, that stuff is going to be lost on you, and you're missing some really uh, deep parts of the text that are going to make it mean a whole lot more. Um, We talked about, um, I talked about Jesus, when he got up and he said, uh, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And we say, you know, that's weird. Um, but the, the Israelites would hear that, and people who know the law, know Leviticus, and they would say, oh, Leviticus says you are not supposed to drink blood, and if you do, you're supposed to be cut off from your people. And so it just adds this depth um, to what we read, and you start to see the greater interconnectedness of the Bible and see uh, just greater depth in really a lot of the rest of the Bible that we read. And so that's a reason to love the book of Leviticus. It's going to really make a lot more sense of a lot of the Bible. Uh, Reason number two that you should love Leviticus. Leviticus actually shows us the heart of God. Or I should say, even Leviticus shows us the heart of God. You know, Leviticus... um, Daniel got up here and and ruined a lot of my sermon. He cut out a whole entire point whenever he said that Leviticus is all about showing that God is holy. Uh, And that is is very true about Leviticus. You're going to find that um, the Israelites were supposed to approach God with reverence, and they were supposed to be careful about coming in, uh, meeting with him, because God is holy. Um, And then you also got this whole other section of stuff that I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon, the stuff that's just weird. Uh, But then you got this whole other section, this whole other part of Leviticus, where you're going to find that Leviticus just, is just beautiful. You really see the compassion, the, uh, the loving father heart of God in Leviticus, especially for the mistreated, the outcast, the poor, the foreigner, and the downtrodden. Um, in Leviticus, you actually find uh, laws about um, gleaning, which is a practice that God uh, put into place where uh, you were not supposed to uh, harvest the edges of your field or the corners of your field so that poor people could come in and that they could have something to eat in Israel. They could just go to these places that you were supposed to leave for them. Um, Another place uh, in Leviticus, I think this may rival actually as one of the most beautiful pieces of Scripture in the whole Bible, is when at the end of Leviticus, God prescribes what's called the year of Jubilee. If you know anything about the year of Jubilee, it's the year that Israel uh, was supposed to set all the slaves free and cancel all of the debts in Israel. Um, and if you don't know too much about um, slavery in the ancient Near East, is you would essentially, if you had no money, that was the way that you survived, is you sold yourself into slavery so that you could still eat and so that you could still feed your family. But in Israel, this is just totally unique to Israel, is they had this year of Jubilee, and every 50 years, at the 50th year, anybody who sold themselves into slavery, sold their land, or uh, had any debts, they would be canceled and everybody would be set free. Um, and that is part of the heart of God. Um, and just so you know, Jesus is not the one who coined the term love your neighbor as yourself. That came from Leviticus. Um, that's here in the law. 
So Leviticus shows the heart of God. Third and final thing, uh, the reason that you should love Leviticus, and I think this is the most important thing, is believe it or not, Leviticus preaches the gospel. You see, uh, you really got to, if you think that Leviticus, if you just kind of pull it out and you just read the book, um, you're going to see a lot of rules, you're going to see a lot of uh, rituals, you're going to see a lot of uh, practices and prescriptions and things like that. Um, and if you take it just as that, it won't be much more than that to you. It'll just be a, just a big rule book that was written for a lot of people a long time ago that's really irrelevant to us. <clears throat> but when you view Leviticus in the right context, uh, think about where we left off, right? Uh, it was a whole year ago. But the end of the book of Exodus, Israelites come through, um, they're set free, they come into the promise, they come, or they come out of Egypt, I should say, and um, God prescribes probably the last 13, 14, 15 chapters are all about building a tabernacle. It's all about building this tent of meeting where God was supposed to come and live in this tent in the midst of Israel. And so you get at the very end of Exodus, it says... <clears throat> Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord had filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and the fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels." Here is where we find ourselves at the, book, at the end of the book of Exodus. This is where we left off last year, is God, they've built this place for God to come and dwell among them, and he came. God came, and he made his dwelling among them. He was going to come and live among them in this tabernacle, in this tent of meeting, and now God is going to be with them wherever they go. This is a big move, because this is where God has been going ever since the garden. God created the garden. He created Adam and Eve in this beautiful paradise where they were supposed to live with him forever and enjoy everything good that he made and enjoy living in relationship with him. But sin separated them, and then we get, uh, they get cast out of the garden. And now God is trying to make it back to the way it was in the garden. God's trying to bring his people back to him. And that is what's happening in the book of Exodus is he's finally coming and he's being among his people again here in the tabernacle. And that's a good thing. But it's also a dangerous thing. You see, the thing that gets repeated over and over and over again is God says, I am the Lord and I am holy. And the thing about holiness, you know, especially the amount of holy that God is, God's kind of like the sun. He's really beautiful and he gives life. Um, and the problem is, though, if you get too close to it, it'll hurt you. <laughs> Because you're not, prepared, you're not prepared, you're not equipped to be in the presence of the Son. And so here's what God is doing. He's coming, and he's a holy God, but he's coming to dwell in the midst of an unholy people who are not ready to be in the midst of such holiness. But God comes, and he says this, and this is what the book of Leviticus is. There's going to be this one line that is repeated uh, over and over and over again throughout the book of Leviticus, and it is, I, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. He said, I'm holy, so you need to be holy, right? And uh, there's only a couple of story parts of the book of Leviticus, and sadly, <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, good, it's story time. And pretty much every story time, somebody dies <laughs> because they did not approach the Lord with the proper holiness. And so 
Here's the book of Leviticus. It's not just a bunch of rules. It's not just a bunch of do this and do that that's irrelevant. The book of Leviticus is a holy God trying to make an unholy people holy so that he can be with them. The book of Leviticus is about relationship. God isn't just trying to make a bunch of hoops for us to jump through. Jump, to jump through. He's not trying to, uh, as a lot of people think about the law, he's not just trying to show us a big list of do's and don'ts to show us that we just couldn't do it. He is trying to make a people holy so that they can be in his presence because he wants them. And that's the gospel. That's the story of Jesus. God trying to make a way for him to be with his people. I think this is uh, probably the most beautifully, I'll end here, this is most, most beautifully illustrated in this last verse. Um, uh, over and over again you see, you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. But every time it's a little different. It says, you shall be holy because I'm holy. Or he'll say, uh, I am the Lord your God, am holy, and I am the one who makes you holy. Um, so that's for somebody else's sermon some other day. But here's my favorite one. He says, you are to be holy to me because I, Yahweh, am holy and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. And that's what the book of Leviticus is about. God has already taken this people and set them free from slavery and from death and from bondage. And now he's taken them and he's making them to be his own. And that is our story. We are also people who've been taken out of bondage, taken out of death, taken out of destruction and sin, and God has taken us, and he's showing us how to be his own. So this is a good book for us, and there's a lot for us to get out of this. And so um, my prayer is that all of us over the next few weeks are going to get to learn to love the book of Leviticus. I'm just going to ask that the Lord would bless that. Jesus, we do ask, uh, would you help us? God, um, Leviticus is beautiful, and there's treasures in it. You hide things. You don't hide things from us. You hide things for us. Um, And so, Jesus, I pray that you would just help us as we go and try to find these beautiful treasures that you've hidden in this book of yours. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.